Hey everybody, this week we are with the one and only Veronica Vera here on JustTalking.com. Just go to the website anytime you can look up the old interviews that we've done and some other cool things that we have. We have items for sale, old interviews, um, niche interviews that you might not have seen before. Anyway, it's all at JustTalking.com. With us again, like I said, today is Veronica Vera. And Veronica, how are you doing today? I'm fine. I'm excited. I'm, you know... I'm kind of a Zoom expert by now, sort of, so yeah. <laughs> I'm happy you know, we, to see everyone. Thank you all for joining us. If we have anyone to blame now, it is is Kathy, because Kathy suggested that we, uh, well, just ask Veronica. Anyway, so we also thank Kathy for, for being in today, and also uh, Sean Elliott is here, and Richard Pacheco is here, and, and we're all here. So anyway... Um, Kathy, why don't you start things out with a with a quick story about Veronica? You have to know a few. I do. Um, I, I'm thinking about the first time we met. Do you remember Veronica? Oh gosh, no. Uh, please tell me. Because I've heard I heard your name bandied about, and I was like, "Who's this Veronica Vera?" And it was on the set of In and Out with Dick, and you did the <laughs> uh, what was happening in New York that week. And it was a Christmas show, and I did not have festive Christmas earrings, and you let me borrow yours. They were like these little Christmas bulbs, and uh, we just kind of hit it off, and, and just I loved you from the very start, and I found you had a really great connection to, to my cousin Jane, to Veronica Hart, and Annie, and all those, those people in New York, so I just... Uh, I, I just thought you would be a great guest. And a, a lot of people who frequent this said, oh, yes, I'd love to talk to her. I'd love to ask her some questions. Wow. So well, thank you for being here. Well, thank you. Thank you for inviting me. I was kind of, you know, always kind of surprised because I, I didn't make a lot of movies, but I've had a lot of exploits and experiences. So, and I, you know, I wrote a lot of articles about them. So I'm just really here, happy to, to be here and to share that. And, and I do remember... In and out with Dick, Dick Cunis, who uh, who owned the Manhattan Video Store, and uh, he had it in his idea to do a you know a cable TV show, and um, he wanted me uh, because I was doing a lot of sex journalism. He saw me as you know well I want you to do the sex news, and I said okay. So he said well do it in the nude. So I said. Well, no, no, because that's not my style, you know, so I think I did the first one like in a black patent leather, one of those uh, slinky dresses, like a fetishy dress. And then I thought, no, I've always wanted to do something from the bubble bath. So I did the sex news from the bubble bath and, and Dick used to film his uh, shows in an apartment he had. And so it was his brother's job to go into the bathroom, draw the tub for me and keep making the bubbles happen and I would slip into the tub and we would try and get the sex news done before the bubbles all you know disappeared so that was yeah in and out with Dick I have a couple episodes of that they'll be going into the archives at the Schlesinger library so oh great we that that's typical about you know a bubble bath you know a jacuzzi or something like that I've been on shoots where I would have to kick the bubbles with my feet because they they flop really quickly and then we moved to a studio to do in and out with Dick. So I remember you at a desk uh, wearing a bustier and looking very fabulous as usual. Uh, thank you. Yeah, I had a lot of bustiers and I still have a few, few bustiers. Can't go wrong in a bustier. <laughs> <It's true. laughs> 
Uh, Veronica, it's, uh, I was reading on your website, you're, uh, of course, you're an author, you have several books out, why don't you talk about those books? Okay, well, I just happen to have the copies here, so I could show them on the screen. So, you know, um, in like the beginning of the 90s, I, 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 my, my work in sex in, in, the, in the porn world really spanned the 80s, and then at the end of the 80s, I decided to write a, a memoir about what I had learned. And at the same time, I started helping some cross-dressers with their hair and makeup. But I, then I created like a school for cross-dressers, and the school took off. So for 30 years now, I've had Miss Vera's Finishing School for Boys Who Want to Be Girls. And I didn't write uh, the memoir book yet, because I'm working on it now. But I did get to write first Miss Vera's, uh, Vera's cross Miss Fear's Finishing School for Boys Who Want to Be Girls. That was my first book. And that has some background about me. Um, and it's lessons for, um, for people, for men who want to go from male to female, you know, people who are living in both worlds. Most of the people who come to the school are living in both worlds, male and female. And then I got to write another book, Miss Fear's Cross uh, Dress for Success. I mean, my school really took off, you know, it became, it became my project. So Miss Beer's Cross Dress for Success, and they were both published by, you know, uh, very prestigious publishers. And then that, those were like 1997 and 2003. And then um, a couple of years ago, I did a book with um, Greenery Press, which is good, a good sex publisher book. And that's Miss Beer's Cross Gender Fund for All, which encourages everyone to find a cross-gender self because you know you don't need to i don't feel you know that the theme of this one is bye bye binary the theme of the other ones was look for the woman this one is bye bye binary so that we can all move you know not be not be um in straitjackets in terms of where our gender is so okay uh, those are my three books uh, yeah. how have those taken off for you then have they been pretty good yeah, I mean, well, well, uh, the reality of books is if you have a, a big publisher that make does a good size print run, you have better chance of selling books. So if you have a smaller print run, so the first, um, the first two books got bigger print runs because they were with, um, well, now they're with Random House, but and then Greenery, that's a smaller press, smaller print run. But the good thing is that they're all electronic books now, so they're eBooks. They're not going to go out of print. Even the first one, which was out in 1997, is it's still available in in paperback and and in um, uh, and in ebook form. So they're all ebooks. They're all still available. So, you know, the publishing world has changed a lot. It's become a lot tougher, but um, books do live longer now because of modern advances. So there has been some some plus so going on. And I know the a lot of people here are collectors of autographs, of photographs, and I know you probably have a wonderful collection, so you could probably offer uh, autograph photos to people, um, and Patrick can help you facilitate that. But one of my favorite things about you is that you pose for Robert Maplethorpe a few times, and and you just, what the profile he did, a side profile of your, your, your face was just so absolutely beautiful. I just love that. Thank you, and yeah, I, you know, I have a blog, uh, on WordPress, Veronica Vera uh, at WordPress, and um, there's a story of the Maplethorpe collaboration on there, and it's quite a, a quite an interesting long 
story, so I won't go into it now, but go to, you know, WordPress, look for Veronica Vera's blog and the story of the collaboration, which was quite magical. Um, uh, and before I go to say any more about that, I want to say that I did pull out because Patrick told me about this collecting photos thing. So I went down to my archives, which I'm they're, they're in the basement of uh, my building. And so I pulled out this photo, which, oops, let's see, there we go. Whoop, let me get it where you can see it. Okay, can you see it well now? Yeah. Okay, so Annie took this, and it's uh, Veronica Vera, Sexiest Writer in America. Those boots I'm wearing are not for walking. Those are posing <laughs> boots. <laughs> and if you see, I have a typewriter. Those you can tell the age of the photo. There's a typewriter there. And uh, yeah, that's on Annie's, Annie's bed. We, we did that in Annie's apartment. So yeah, and there I am. I think I am. Yep, I'm wearing yeah. a little corset. <laughs> so I have, I did pull that, go down to my storage, um, to the where I have all the in inventories, and they're all in boxes. And I found this photo, and I've got a bunch of copies of it, because I thought, this is, you know, this is me, the, whoops. <laughs> You got to buy it if you really want to see it. <laughs> this is the glamorous me from the there we go from the '80s porn days, and um, and by any sprinkle, and so it is a real collector's item, and I'll be happy to sign it and send Patrick a bunch of copies so anyone who wants it um, can have it. Yeah, I love it. What we'll do is we'll just uh, we'll just take orders on that, and I'll get it all facilitated, and you can sign them all up, and then we'll we'll get them out to people. So that's. Fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And yeah, and, and back to the Maple Maplethorpe thing. Um, you know, I got into porn um, and I came, you know, from this strict Catholic girl. I just say <laughs> the strict uh, uh, Casey, <laughs> strict Catholic girl background. Right. So so it was still a little, everything was a little shocking to me, like especially the spread eagle shots in the magazines and things and, and Screw magazine, you know, the, like the grittiness of Screw. So, uh, and when I started in the business, I had just come from working with a couple of guys who were in the oil business and I had a little nest egg from that. So I didn't have to like just jump into anything. I could pick and choose. So I started meet, meeting art photographers. And I think I met like, um, I started doing like art modeling, which means black and white photos basically. <laughs> so, so I did some modeling, uh, Joel Peter Whitkin, who's a you know, big art photographer. And, and I think I, I met him before Maplethorpe. But then one day I, and, and to me, you know, those photos were like, you know, it, it was, I was always looking to how to, to portray myself in a way that, you know, worked for me. So then one day I opened up the Village Voice, and this is all, you know, in this article, I opened up the Village Voice, it had on the cover, a photo of a beautiful black man, and a naked black man who was kind of on a pedestal. And I opened up and there were more photos. And these were photos by Maplethorpe. And I thought, wow, you know, this man could take great photos of sex and I want to be in them and so that's how um, you know I kind of engineered a meeting with him um, I had a friend at the time my dear friend Dino DiMaccio Dennis Florio who knew uh, Robert from the early days when he and Patty Smith and Robert used to hang out at Max's Kansas City and I told uh, uh, Dennis that I wanted to meet Robert I saw there was a, like a little ad in the Village Voice saying that Robert was giving a slideshow of naked men. 
uh, called Uncut. And so I convinced Dennis to go to this slideshow with me. And that's how I met Robert. And, and he said, you know, oh, would you, do you ever think you want to model for me? And it was like, yeah, yeah all right. <laughs> so, so that's how it began. And it took a while, but eventually then he followed up with a phone call. And um, he said, well, I'm photographing this young black man and he'd like to be photographed with a woman. And so he said, uh, uh, would you, so, you know, would you like to do it? So I said, okay. And then he said, well, you know, I could give you, I could pay you, but um, I could also give you prints or I could give you prints. So I thought, oh, well, what's he going to offer me, like $50, suppose, or something? So I said, I'll take the prints. And boy, am I glad I did. <laughs> so over the years, and you can read more of this, but over the years, I got like at least a half dozen different photographs um, of myself uh, from two photo shoots. And I still have the one that Kathy talked about, um, the one uh, that Robert gave me as a gift. When I went to pick up the photos um, at one point, he said, oh, I have something for you. And he showed me this beautiful photo that he had taken. And it was actually, <laughs> it's a photo of, it's my profile. But what you don't see is underneath me is the man I'm fucking. <laughs> so you have to read the whole blog because there's a lot of a lot of stories. I will post that in the, in the show wrap up I do with your video and audio. I also put in uh, links and highlights and things like that. And so I ah, okay. every one of the stars that's in our group, adult stars, I link to them, and then I will also link to your blog and your uh, uh, MissVera.com too. So we'll thanks. We'll get all that taken care of, so it's going to be in one spot. You'll you'll just great. And thanks to the my millennial my assistant, I have an Instagram with lots of photos on there as well. So <laughs> uh, next week, speaking of Annie, next week Annie is going to be our guest here, and so and and you'll Veronica. Anytime you want to come back on a Sunday night, we'll we'll set you up with a link, and you can just come in anytime you want. And and uh, thank you, thank you. Yeah, I just may join you. I know um, Annie and I. I know today she was really busy because we, actually, we're we're still continuing our Club Ninety group, um, which we can talk about that a little bit too. But um, in the photo that the fellow had, there we go. In the bottom there, that photo on Steve Beal's picture behind him is uh, Jane, Veronica Hart, Candida. I see Kelly, Sue Nichols, um, and I don't see. I don't know who the blonde person is. Is that somebody you know, Steve? Oh, I got, oh, maybe I'm, he's not allowed to speak. <laughs> we'll, get him, we'll get him set up here. Here he goes. That is um, um, our late friend. Um, oh, oh, is wait. that Joey Carson? Oh, wait. Oh, wait. I'm the, I'm the blonde that's in the middle. My hair was blonde back then. Sorry. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, but who's in the red? That's Kelly That's Nichols. Candida. That's what? Oh, okay. The red dress is Candida. Candida, yes. Yeah. Red dress is Candida, yeah. Yeah. Yes, that's definitely Candida. And yeah. then there's me. Well, and that's Kelly, on. right? Next to me. Yes. Yeah. 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 This is from uh, when Casey had the uh porno chic series at uh, uh, anthology. That's and we right. had the had the Club ninety reunion as part of it on uh, one of the, the series. So yeah, that was a photo that the four of y'all took with me. 
Thank you. And thank you for doing that, Casey. That was a great series. Great. To, and I think we even celebrated Candace's birthday that night. Maybe mine, too, because our birthdays were around the same time. We might have. Yeah, I think that that screening was a Gloria tribute screening. And that was when Candace very kindly gave us that slideshow that we played before Misbehaven, which she was in with Leslie Beauvais. And um, yeah, the only person missing is Annie. And then Susie, obviously, you know, couldn't make it either. Um, but other than that, it was it was a nice it was a nice evening. I remember it very fondly. And thank you for thank you for coming in and gracing us with your presence. I really appreciate it. Uh, thank you. And, you know, speaking of Leslie Beauvais, I never met Leslie Beauvais. Was it Leslie Beauvais or Desiree Cousteau? Hmm. I'm mm. trying to tell this story and I don't remember mm. now. But uh, it seemed like uh, when I did the um, oh, I think it was Desiree Cousteau. So I'll tell the story anyway. So I was a consultant um, on The Deuce, the, the HBO show The Deuce. And so the producers who um, uh, also produced The Wire, uh, David Simon and uh, George, uh, uh, I forget, nice Greek name. But anyway, so David Simon is a big porn fan. And I was talking to him because he'd also uh, knew the writer who was on NYPD Blue, I think it was where Vanessa Del Rio had done a cameo. And it turned out the writer on that show, his father was a big fan of Vanessa. And, um, and so that's how, you know, they, they invited Vanessa to be on the show. And so then I said, well, you know, do you have a favorite porn star? And, and David said, uh, Desiree Cousteau. So, so I just, just, I thought for a while, a while it was Leslie Beauvais, but I think it was Desiree, that for sure, it was Desiree Cousteau. Yeah, Le Le Leslie's better, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's, let's open it up here. Uh, Richard Pacheco's with us, and Richard, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing terrific. It's and a pleasure to be here. You um, are a fan of a fan of a fan, and, and uh, you want to learn more. Well, that's, I am a fan on, on tonight's show. Uh, Veronica was very close friends with Candida and Jane and Annie and any number of women that I got close to, and uh, they all loved her. And so I wanted to see who she was, and I'm here to learn all I can about her. We'd never been in the same town at the same time, I don't think. No, we were there when, we, when Club 90 got our DHS degrees at the Institute. Oh, okay. You gave, and you gave a talk that morning, same around the same time you were giving a, and you gave a great talk. Well, thanks. <laughs> Glad to hear it. <laughs> Talking has never been my problem. <laughs> yeah. So we have, but but you see, I'm I'm at, in New York, and so you know, uh, Richard is in San, uh, San Francisco, right? That's where you are most of the well, time. Berkeley, across the bay. Oh, Berkeley. Okay. So. Yeah. You know, so we, we didn't, and also all the, anytime I was in a movie, it was always here in New York. You know, I never right. left New York. The business left New York. I didn't. Yeah. I was brought back for one film by Candida at the end of my career, uh, Sensual Escape, Sensuous Escape, something like that. Sensual Escape, yeah. Yeah. And uh, that was, that's where I met Gloria and stayed at her house. And God, that was instantaneous lifetime friends forever. It was wonderful. And um annie as well that was the first time i ever had anything to do with annie she was the photographer on that one um yes. i'm just jealous because so much history was in new york and so many powerful people came out of there a lot of them of course came to california especially the guys uh jamie and eric edwards and uh, herschel savage and ron jeremy mm -hmm. um but uh and kelly nichols was another who 
I think started out out here and then went back there and came, and came back out here again. Oh, anyway, right. a lot, yeah. there were like two separate kingdoms, the East Coast and the West Coast in the late 70s, early 80s. And they were populated by different styles and different people. And uh, a few crossed over and, and mostly I didn't. I would pretty much like I had a, a, a I had no idea who Carter Stevens was. I mean, there are a lot of really heavy duty hitters who I never even heard of. Um, which was a little embarrassing later on when I started to meet them and go, who are you? And they go, well, who are you? Well, a lot <laughs> of that kind of crap. Well, I was lucky because I started at the top with uh, Gerard Damiano. He was the director that I worked, worked with for the first, for the very first time. And um, so that was really, you know, fortunate. And in fact, I've had like a lot of amazing experiences in this business, but, um, and then, and then I worked again at Adventure adventure studios with vince benedetti uh, and his partner mark and they were <laughs> they were they were really funny trio uh, you know funny pair really a funny pair so um yeah uh and so i i guess i worked when i did any films they were always at adventure studios i think that's the only place that um we ever shot which was the original uh, studio that jerry had and vince had so, um, yeah, and I met Jerry. I mean, um, this is all going to be, by the way, in my forthcoming memoir, which I am now. You see, COVID really helped me in a way. Uh, you know, every, every cloud has a silver lining. So in my case, after 30 years with, the, you know, with my academy, I, I was able to, I, 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 had, I made a sale of an apartment that I owned through my late husband. And so it was just enough money to, like, maybe think about, going back to work on this memoir. So, and then when COVID happened, it was like, okay, for sure, I'm not going to have people from different parts of the country and different countries coming, you know, uh, into to, to visit. So I'll go back to work on the memoir. So now I've started back on this memoir that I really began like in 1985. And it's really, really nice to go back and think about those times. And I, so there are things, things I remember so clearly. So, um, you know, I don't know, and I went sort of on a little tangent, but that's, so that's what I'm, I'm up to now. Um, let's, let's check in with uh, Jose Duval and see what uh, Jose knows. I know you guys were co-stars. Yeah, co-stars. She was the reporter in that uh, famous uh, Times Square Come Alive. It was a fake story of Times Square. It was very funny to do. And that was Adventure Studio, too. Yes, it was. And they, they really did a good job in recreating a show yes. world. In fact, I, I have some of the photos, um, you know, uh, that I'm going to, I'm going to be doing like a um, Netflix documentary that'll air at the end of the year. Uh, so I'm just, and so they've asked me to give some photos. So some of the photos I have are from that uh, movie, from Times Square, from Times Square Com Comes, of course, C-U-M-S, Alive. And uh, yeah. That was quite an, and I wrote a whole article about it too because it was a very funny experience. Funny shoot. I saw something bizarre just only a few minutes earlier. Eric Monty disappeared and Lion LeMay disappeared too. And they came back with a smile on their face. What happened there? I don't know. I saw them. They're, they're, they're here. They're yeah. here. They were gone for a little while. Lays in a very, very nice, seductive purple top. I the bathroom great, maybe. And, uh, Eric Monty's in a purple uh, sweater. Yeah. <laughs> so Lynn LeMay, I don't think we've met. Oh, let, let me unmute her. She is uh, uh, 
came after you and she's made a lot of movies and she's an avian hall of fame and well lovely to meet you am i on yes yes and and you've got plenty off too <laughs> I, know, but I didn't want to miss this i wanted to come to show my respect i used to watch you before i ever became a porn star Ah, uh, thank you. Well, it's really great to have you here. Thank you. I'm just listening. <laughs> I learn a lot that way. <laughs> yes. And Eric Monty, we never met on the set or anything. No, we never right? did. No. But I know you very. Well. I mean, I know of you very well. You're much more popular, well known than me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, well, that's the thing. Was what happens here is we get stars who are just fans of other stars. It's just fantastic and. Sometimes it's just like old time reunion night and Sean Elliott is here as well. And Sean uh, was uh, in several movies as well. And Sean, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing good. How's everybody? Good. I, uh, yeah, I had to be here too out of respect, but I, I, I have a sense from you because I had uh, moved to New York and I had uh, uh, in 78 and <clears throat> went to the actor's studio on 14th street and went all that route. And the village voice is what got me into the <laughs> business. And it was uh, Zebedee or ZBD, ZBD Colt. And uh, what was the name? Casey Kurtzman. <laughs> Leonard guy. Kurtzman. <laughs> Leonard, Kurtzman. I don't, Leonard. Yeah. Leonard, Leonard. And we did these and I, he did some money and I like to act. I said, let's go. And I, and we went to the Catskills and they shot a group of film that was still on film. And um, the one day I wasn't on set, you know, in a scene, I was, you had to take the magazines and run back to the city because we were up in the Catskills and didn't want to get caught. And they all got caught. The big name player on that was, was Ron Jeremy. And there was some people that came from California. They flew the girls out, Jim South people flew the girls out and so the very first porn set i was on got busted and i got saved and no it wasn't me i was bringing the magazines to a howard johnson's on, on, on times square to somebody like that i didn't know what i was doing but then i met cecil howard and i met ron sullivan and they started putting me in work i did i don't know not 10 9 10 11 films in like three years but i was pursuing the other but my from you I'm painting my own picture that are you from the Bronx, from the Isle, are you from New York? Because it sounds like you were at like CBGB's or the Mud Club and all that. I'm, I'm getting a sense of all that. And the first person that got me back to remembering what I did for a living was Annie Sprinkle about three years ago on Rialto Report. They had called me, don't know, somebody got to me and uh, I talked to Annie and she said, I don't know if you remember me, she said she did. She goes, I don't care if you do one movie or 50. Once you're in this business, you're family. <laughs> and that was the coolest thing. And that was like three years ago. And so it's really an honor to meet you. I was scrolling. I'm going, I know the name. I know that you're time. So, but I didn't know about Mapplethorpe. I didn't know about. And was that picture you're talking about a side view? Was it, a, was it just a side shot in black and white? Yes. Uh -huh. Yeah, I saw fun. that picture. It's beautiful. Yeah. So thanks. thank you for being here. Thank you, uh, Patrick, for letting me talk. But uh yeah, it's really a, a pleasure to meet you, for sure. Uh, Thank you. All right. Hey, Casey's had his hand up. So Casey's going to be our guest in a couple weeks. I always say that Casey's the one who keeps everybody on. And so if you can't remember something, Casey remembers it for you.
I tried to. Yeah, I failed. <laughs> well, I failed Howie and Kay Parker, but <laughs> when they couldn't remember the name of one movie, but who's keeping track? Um, <laughs> so yeah, Veronica, I. It's interesting because I was just going through a lot of back issues of Adult Cinema Review, and it seems like every single party that was going on in New York, you were at those parties. So like the Fred Lincoln parties, the Mark Stevens parties. It seems like you were just having a blast in New York. Um, And there were two people that were in consenting adults that I would see a lot of pictures as well at these parties. And I wondered if you... um, if you had any memories about Sparky Vasque and uh, Champagne, not Sherry Champagne, but Champagne, she was like a Mediterranean-looking lady. Mm. Sparky Vasque, yes, I remember mm. Sparky Vasque, definitely lovely, really cute, very cute black woman, very lovely black woman. Sherry Champagne, no, maybe if I saw a photo or a photo from, you know, the shoot, um, mm. then I would remember, but... No, uh-uh. but Sparky, yes, I remember Sparky. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I think she, I, I think she was also a columnist for a few magazines too, which was interesting. And so, and that's that brings up another question: is because um, I think you did you do other writing and reporting for the magazines of the time? So for like Adult Cinema Review, I know Peter Wolf had a few magazines. Um, were you doing writing sort of like the reporter in Times Square comes alive at that time? Oh yeah. Well, throughout the eighties, that was, so my, I came to New York to be a writer, you know, and the, um, but I went coming to New York, like after college, I had to take all these typing tests and I failed them all because I didn't know how to type. So like for 10 years, I, I worked in wall street. I, as I said, I worked with this oil company guys. So I, I, like for 10 years, I did other things. And it wasn't until like 79, my mom died. And that was like, I woke up to the idea, we don't live forever. So it's like, okay, you always wanted to be a writer. How do you make it happen? And at the time, I was like, I was like, um, you know, going to Studio 54 and partying with all, you know, different people. And the only person I knew who was making a living as a writer was editing Penthouse Variations. Her name is, uh, her 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 scene name was Mademoiselle Vitoire. So I talked to her. She said, oh, maybe you'll, you know, write for our magazine. So I wrote a story for Variations, and they bought it. I, I wrote a story about a man's first experiences with oral sex. And I based it on um, giving oral sex. And I based it on different men I knew from my Wall Street days. And then I thought, oh, well, now, now I'm a writer. I'll have to go to Paris. So I went to Paris for a while. <laughs> didn't have time to write, so I came back. And then... Through VK, through were, through Mademoiselle Vitoire, I met Charles Gatewood, I met Marco Vasi, all these names, you know, Charles is a sex, photo- uh, you know, photographer, Marco, um, an erotic writer, amazing erotic writer, and through Marco, through spending a weekend with Marco, when I wanted to learn about S&M, I met Annie. So Annie and I gravitated to each other right off the bat, and so I, um, I did that brought me into the field and I was still like kind of a wild girl just doing things, you know, on my own. And I met, um, and I guess maybe right after or right around the time I've made consenting adults, I met up with um, Richard Milner who edited stag. So he offered me a column to, he said, we're, we're doing this column. You're going to have three different writers and we're going to call it the pussy posse. And I want you to be one, you know, you'll be the porn star and we have a dominatrix and I forget 
who was who the other person was maybe she was a bigger porn star because I was just like a you know I'd made one movie so so anyway so I said well okay yeah good I want to write but I don't want to be part of a pussy posse because we could you not call it the pussy posse okay so I write this column and it comes out and I'm all excited to the and of course across the top of the page in big red letters is stags pussy posse so so I said Richard you know so he said, well, our readers are stupid. And I thought, okay, this is not going to be good for me, writing in a magazine where the editor is immediately telling me the writers are stupid. So, so I was kind of disenchanted. And so I went to a party, a wild party. It was a birthday party for a hunky bodybuilder named Roger. And, you know, uh, Annie was there. Queen Adrena, Amazon wrestling uh, person who I just saw on Zoom recently. Um, and for Rogers, if Roger had a toilet seat, they set up a toilet seat and he sat on the toilet throne, you know, as his birthday thing. And, you know, he just, well, anyway, it was that kind of a party. So, and there was this very quiet man there um, who was Jared Rudder. And Jared was editing Adam magazine, which was out of California. So, we started talking and I'm telling him all about my latest exploits and I'm like so gung-ho porn life, you know. And so he was really, you know, we really got, uh, got along. So he said, I want to interview you. So he did a big interview with me and he called it um, uh, uh, like Veronica Vera's Sexiest Woman in New York. And I thought, oh, okay, I like this guy. And it was really, <laughs> it was really a smart interview. So afterwards, I called him up and I said, you know, why don't I be your East Coast correspondent? So he said yes. And so for a dozen years, I did a column called Veronica Vera's New York. And, you know, New York commercial sex, you know, I, I went to Times Square. Annie and I were a photojournalist team at times. We called ourselves the High Hill School of Journalism. So, you know, uh, and, and then I also, you know, interviewed like, artists who had shows up like Robert Williams came to town who um, he does these amazing you know um, very uh, like comic work things but they're very complicated and uh, 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 and I went to the different parties and wrote about them and so I really covered the sex scene um, in New York and Jared was a great editor because he let me do whatever I wanted and and um, and it was an illustrated column. Sometimes Annie would take the photos. Sometimes, you know, other friends would take the photos. And so I have a whole archive. That's part of my archive, those 12 years of columns. And I, I wrote for other magazines, too. But really, Adam was the one where where I kind of documented my life and everybody else's life. So and for a while, I, you know, for a couple of years, I had a steady gig with um, with Penthouse Forum um, uh, but really, like my my um, the core of my work is those Adam columns in terms of the life, and that's why it's like you know I didn't make a lot of movies, but I would you know I, I thought nothing of like being topless in the um, in the Adam column stories or you know just doing wild things because I like to be you know to have some kind of control. It was really fun for me to make the movies, um, but uh, I. And it was fun to watch myself in them. But, um, you know, I just, uh, that wasn't like, my thing was always to be the writer. So, mm. in fact, the movie that you talked about, um, 
someone brought up Times Square Comes Alive. Jose brought up Times Square Comes Alive. And when Vince Benedetti and Mark Roberts came to me to talk about being in the movie, they came and they, they said, well, you know, we have this idea. We have this script. Um, you know, we have this idea. Let's say idea because they didn't have a script. We have this idea where you will be the reporter and, you're, and Saturday Night Live was very big at the time. Gilda was on it. Gilda Radner was on it. And she, had a, she was a character, Roseanne, Rosanna Dana. So they said, you'll be a reporter. Your name will be Rosanna Banana. So, so I thought, okay, well, I said, um, uh, it sounds good, but um, I don't know about this character's name, Rosanna Banana, because I've always tried to be like kind of classy. <laughs> so, so um, and, and then they said, uh, well, let me see the script. And it was like, you know, it would say like, oh, we're in this place and then sex scene. And then, but it was like there was no no script to it. So I said, oh, I'll just write my own lines and and I'll change my name. My name will be Christine Career. So so they went for it. So I always felt like we really compromised. They thought they were getting my body. Uh, they wanted my body and they were getting my words for free. I wanted I felt that I was giving them. My, uh, I, I was getting a, you know, the, the, getting to use my words, and I was giving them my body for free. So it was a, a good compromise. But they were, they were like a really funny duo, those two. Jerry, on the other hand, he was a real auteur. You know, he really had a passion for cinema. Vince and Mark, they were a couple of horny guys who just wanted to make a buck. Because <laughs> you were in, um, you were in Night Hunger too, with that. Um was for Jerry too. Do you remember much about that shoot? No, you know, and I keep seeing that I was in it, but I don't remember it very much, unless maybe something from another movie I was in. Uh -huh, I'd have to watch it because I see that yeah. I, was, it, I, I was in it. I think um, you played like a madam where in a in a whorehouse where where Mitch works and and you're kind of well, you're you're credited as the hostess, not a madam, but um, yeah it's it's yeah it's it's fun it's 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 fun to see you in there because it was made kind of right after consenting adults i think ah okay yeah did i have any i i don't think i performed sex in it did i no no yeah. it's it's a non-sex scene that's why it's not so memorable <laughs> <laughs> right. there's the poster right there for it yeah yeah i see the poster okay the poster is great i like the poster that's one you're going to get one of these days to sign. Okay. Because it has uh, Eric Edwards on and uh, Sharon Mitchell's already signed as well too. One of the first, the one of the first movies I saw when I became uh, 18 was uh, Consenting Adults, and um, I almost walked out of the theater. I remember it was a scene with Annie Sprinkle, and they were piercing a labia. And I was like, oh, oh, oh. and. Uh, I just about walked out of that one. Glad I didn't. But anyway, uh, that was. Uh, but a lot of people were in that. That you know, Annette was in that. Ron Jeremy was in that, and you and some other folks. And but uh, that, yeah, was, that was that was where I popped my porn cherry, as I say. That was uh, that was almost a bridge too far for old Pat. But, uh, <laughs> You're not the first person that I've heard say that about that scene. Let's uh, check in with a few of our folks that we have here online we need to unmute phil phil how are we doing today i'm fantastic uh, uh veronica it's a pleasure i mean it's an honor to meet you here um you. i have a like a seven dvd set of clips from the old 
um, Midnight Blue TV show. And um, there's one where Al Goldstein was interviewing you. Mm-hmm. And he mentioned that you had testified at a hearing called by the late Senator Arlen Specter. And I had never had no knowledge of this before because I was just re-watching you know, the, the interview. What are your memories of that? What, what, first of all, what was it about? I have a feeling I kind of know what maybe it was about and what, if anything, might have been accomplished. And what, what are your memories of that? Or do you have any, I mean, what do you, what did you oh, think? Oh, yeah, I definitely remember it very, and it's, a, it's all, it's, in fact, right now, it mean, my memoir is starting off with that scene, me testifying in front of, um, Cong- in front of Senator Specter. And, that came about, that was in 1984, the, the hearing that I testified. And at the time, the por- anti-porn women, uh, Catherine McKinnon and Andrea Dworkin, had started legislation where they wanted, uh, they wanted um, people, they, they felt that pornography was uh, disabusing women uh, of, their sex, of their civil rights. And so they wanted, to, they started legislation uh, that would say that people could uh, sue distributors and producers of pornography uh, for, um, for endangering the civil rights of women because they're making uh, the world unsafe for women. And so at the time, there was a judge in Indianapolis who had to decide whether to move forward with this legislation. And so the government called hearings, to, and they wanted to hear from both sides of the issue. So um, in 84, I was invited, actually, they invited Gloria Leonard to testify. And by this time, our Club 90 group was, was happening. And we, we, we should talk a little bit more about Club 90. But our Club 90 group was happening. Gloria was going to have back surgery. And so she, she couldn't, you know, uh, commit to the hearing. So she said, V, why don't you go? And I was just like, okay, I'll do it. And so um, I testified in October of 84, and the same day I testified, Seika and I testified together. The, that same day, Al Goldstein testified. Also, uh, Dr. John Money, who uh, wrote a book about uh, paraphilias, like other kinds, of, like kinky sex. He, he also is very famous for the transgender clinic. But, and also, uh, John, uh, I forget his name, but it's... Weston. Thank you who was a lawyer for the Adult uh, Film and Video Association. So we all testified on that day, but te- Seika and I testified together. And, um, uh, and it was an amazing, and, and I brought along, they had asked us to, they had asked us to send some um, uh, pictures or any kind of evidence. So I sent them photos where I had modeled for bondage photos, because I thought, you know, this is what they're talking about, this kind of any kind of the, the little weirder side of sex. So I sent them bondage photos of myself um, and uh, I sent them something about Club 90, our porn star support group. I sent them information about Candida starting um, uh, Femme. And so I, uh, and during the time, you know, the, the senator, and he was, he was, the Senator Specter was, he was, he was at the, the, he was the head of the Senate Judiciary Committee. So he didn't call it, but it was his job to, you know, be in charge. And then the other members of the committee sent all their aides. So there were a lot of aides up in front. Um, and so uh, uh, 
at one point he asked me, you know, what about the photos, the bondage photos? And I said, well, you know, I, I wrote something to accompany these photos. And can I read it? And so he said, I, yes, you know, go ahead and read it. And so I, I read this piece that, you know, started off saying, you know, um, I am the love toy, the object of your desire, you know, look, uh, keep, you know, keeping me as your captive, always open. And then the next line, and the whole thing is, is being videotaped. It's being videotaped by all these cameras from, you know, different news organizations. And I'm about to say, always open to your cock and your mouth. <laughs> and so I'm thinking like, <laughs> oh, am I going to be allowed to say this? Because I'm thinking of George uh -huh. Carlin and shit piss, you know, mother, the seven dirty yeah. words. So I said, mm -hmm. Senator, shall I go on? And he's got the text in front of him. And he said, you certainly may. So then <laughs> I just went on, finished reading it. And that's how my erotica got into the Senate archives. And, um, and yeah, and I, and I felt that you know, I, I felt it was amazing that I got to go and, you know, have my say, have my say on Capitol Hill. Of course, what happened was the next January, the, the powers that be who wanted to come down on porn started the Mies hearings, even though the judge in Indianapolis, she threw out that, that um, legislation. She did, that didn't sign on to it. But, you know, there were p other powers in, in Washington who wanted to keep, you know, keep the keep porn as a big um, controversial thing. I think mainly, you know, usually it's to, to keep our, to distract our eyes from other things that they're doing that we, we don't want them to do. So anyway, the Mies hearing started. So then my uh, testimony is all considered part of the Mies hearings that began in 85 and lasted, I guess, another, at least another year, maybe two years. So, um, but my hearing was, that was actually in, in October of 84. So, yeah, so thank you for asking about that, because that was an amazing, amazing experience for me. And thank I can, you. I, yeah. And I'm going to try and that, find that. What? I'm going to try and find that. You said that was 84, October of 84? October 84, yeah. And mm -hmm. actually, I made a, um, I, I made a video called uh, Veronica Vera, Portrait of a Sexual Evolutionary. Uh, and I used, after those hearings, um, I got a copy of my, a videotaped copy of my testimony. So um, I was able to go with the help of, you know, Al Goldstein had Midnight Blue Studios. So I went to Al's studio and I had this beautiful, um, it was one inch quality um, videotape. It was, you know, at the time it was like very high, you know, it was yeah. standard. So I took that and I worked with um, Albert Tacoma, who used to produce Midnight Blue, and we create and I, I put clips from movies I'd been in, still photos, and I used that framework of my testimony um, and created this video called Veronica Vera Portrait of a Sexual Evolutionary. And you know, it it's a great, it's only a half hour long. Um, there's scenes from consenting adults in it. Um, I don't know. I haven't figured out a way to really offer it. I mean, I guess it could be streamed somehow. It, ha it has, of course, music on it that I don't have rights for, but I could probably, you know, just sell it quietly. But it's a treasure. It's a treasure. Um, and yeah, there's a there's a scene from Plato's Retreat with different porn stars in a beauty contest. Um, Tiffany Clark is in this beauty contest. Annie's wearing full black leather. Um, Candida was in the beauty contest. It's it's quite a piece. Um, I'd yeah. buy it. I'd like to buy it. Yeah, you can. I would. 
Okay, so I'll talk to Patrick about how to offer it, or you know, maybe since you're such a, a techno whiz, Patrick, you can, you can come up with an idea. But anyway, so that would it is it is a real treasure, and I was really glad. And and actually, um, being able to make that really helped me then to continue to write, you know, um, to put my thoughts together for for writing. So. Okay, thanks yeah. a lot, Phil. Hey, let's go to Charles. I didn't almost almost didn't recognize Charles. He's he shaved his COVID beard. Yes, I got vaccinated and decided the beard is going. And somebody told me I looked old, and I was like, I did not want. <laughs> so I, anyway, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Uh, You're welcome. Yeah, I would like to get a copy of the DVD because it sounds really interesting. And maybe Patrick can do it in conjunction with um, your photograph too. The other question I kind of had was, is it just, are you just going to sell that one photograph or are you going to sell different photographs too? I don't know if that's in your thought process. Uh, well, this one I happen to have a lot of copies of. Okay. I, mean, I, have, I have other things like, I mean, I have, um, uh, I have a, a a book, I don't know how many copies of it, but I uh, I have, but I once made a book called The Captive Cock, which, which is me and a dominatrix tying up a guy, you know, who, who thinks he's going to come and, you know, take advantage of us. So, right. um, so there's that. And I wrote the text for that. So there may be some other treasures, but th this photo here, I can, you know, I have my hands on quickly. I also have some other, I have postcard size picture of me in front of the me with my legs open it's not a you know not a big sexy thing but Annie took it in Washington it's postcard of me um, with my blue lovely blue dress that I wore when I testified and um, my legs are spread and in the middle is the Washington Monument coming up uh, between my legs so it's another treasure and I know I have I have copies of, the, of that I can share too. If people are interested in postcard size things. They're interested in a lot of stuff. With this, <laughs> absolutely. Once once we get them posted, we'll know how many how many we need and of what, and we'll go from there. Okay, yeah, you just, uh, I'll, I'll tell you what the what the inventory consists of. Sure, sure. Tell me. Let's, so uh, let's, the, let's, go ahead, go ahead, Charles. Just one quick last question or whatever. When you got into the adult industry and, you know, I've asked other people who have been, you know, on our Sunday group with us, did you, were you into acting as well? Because a lot of other people were into the acting part and the sex was just a part of that. No, I wasn't into acting and I still, okay. you know, it, it's really writing and it was, I got into it, um, I got into it, uh, as I said, a late start. I worked for like 10 years in business stuff. Then I got into writing, uh, uh, got into writing for a sex magazine. That's how I met Annie. Annie and I hit it off. And then once I met Annie, the whole thing with consenting adults was, you know, I used to, we used to spend time together at her place, which we started calling the Sprinkle Salon. And at the time, it was just before her movie, um, Deep Inside Annie Sprinkle, was coming out. And so she had a, you know, at the end of that movie was her uh, mailing address, a post office box. So I was helping her, you know, make little homemade magazines. We started, you know, doing things for the mail order business. We've had pubic hair ritual kits. We had golden <laughs> shower ritual kits. You know, Annie's, Annie, of course, was um, 
Annie's sprinkle. And since I, as I said, always like to be classy, mine was l'eau de Veronique, little French. Uh, so we, we did that. And then one day she said to me, you know, I have this idea for a movie. And my friend, my friend uh, Gerard Damiano is going to come over and I'm going to pitch it to him. So do you want to stick around and, and uh, have a cup of tea with us? And I, I had, by then I had heard of, of Jerry Damiano. So I thought, oh, okay, I'm curious to meet this guy. But I was a little bit, you know, trepidatious because I thought, uh-oh, you know, this is like a big-time pornographer here. And, um, and I, as I said, I was the original good Catholic girl, so I'm doing this a little one step at a time, right? So, um, so Jerry came over, and, and we talked about this Annie's idea, which was, um, as someone's brought up, everybody playing themselves, you know, and, and it was, was supposed to be all real, you know, the, the swingers were the swingers, and the woman who was getting her lady appears really wanted to get her lady appears. And so, um, and I was just supposed to be a hostess, just welcome people to the movie, just conduct some interviews the way I did um, in my journalism, you know, going to Times yeah. Square. So, um, so, but what happened was, um, at one point, I was just on the side, Annie and I were in like a, in our um, lingerie, and we're, you know, on the side of the movie, uh, you know, while they're shooting over here, and where they're shooting a scene, Jerry's shooting a scene, and Mark Stevens is playing um, a, a husband to, uh, to his wife, Miranda, this is where we get a little bit, you know, now it's a little bit fake here. So right. and Miranda is fucking someone on a mattress and Mark is just sitting next to them, stroking his big, beautiful dick. And he had a really beautiful one. So and Annie and I are off to the side. And I don't know what possessed me. But during the shooting of this, I just jumped up and started sucking Mark's cock. And so but in the meantime, I'm like, nervous about the camera so i'm like kind of trying to suck his cock but not really be seen so that was that was that was actually my first sex scene but you don't really know that it's me in the movie because i'm my head is turned to this side yeah. so but later so now later and and again most of this this part of the movie it's all being shot in annie's apartment so now annie is in a sex scene with her current her boyfriend at the time michael cycle and Michael was a real biker type, adorable man. And Michael got into the movie because he said, oh, I could be a porn star. You know, I could do this. You like the hearing this, Richard, right? Everybody thinks, oh, yeah, just let me at it. I can be a porn star, right? So and he was a big strapping guy, right? So now he and Annie are in doing a scene. And meanwhile, the lights are hot. There's got all these the guys in the crew and Michael now he can't get it up. So hey brother, how you doing? <laughs> so and meanwhile, so Jerry says, okay, we'll clear the set. So everybody who's not essential to the scene, we all have to go into the uh, the bedroom. And I'm now my nose is like a little out of joint, and I'm thinking, wait, wait a second, I'm supposed to be a co-host of this movie. I don't want to be here in the in the bedroom you know not not I should be out there you know so but meanwhile you know these are the rules then all of a sudden I hear Veronica and it's Annie's voice because she's reason that if I jump into the scene she's inviting me into the scene and she's thinking if I jump into the scene Michael's cycle will be like so surprised that he'll stop worrying about his dick and he'll get it up so so I'm, I'm thinking like, uh oh, you know, and I, then I think, well, 
if this is if this is going to be like my moment to be in porn, you know, what better moment than to be in here with my best friend? So I jump in, go into the scene and Annie's on her back and I go, you know, on top of her and Michael is behind me and he's going, lift your butt. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so and so I'm, I'm like over Annie and, and Annie looks at the camera the way she loves to talk to the camera and she goes, Veronica and I have never had sex together and she's never eaten me or anything. This is a first. So, so that was my first that was my first scene that was consenting adults that's how I got into the business and then I remember after that scene I walked into the bathroom and I looked into the mirror and I thought well you're still alive lightning has not struck you dead and I felt like very committed after that so let's let's switch things down to uh Florida to Aaron Aaron how are you doing tonight good how you doing Patrick good. first I want to say hi to everybody that's there and uh, Charles, don't worry about the beard. You didn't look old. It's not old. You looked sophisticated. So whoever told you you looked old, well, they're just full of bukkake. You looked sophisticated. So just keep it like that. Veronica, I just want to say thank you very much for showing up tonight. And the stories have been absolutely wonderful. Thank you so much for that. Um, I've been sitting here enjoying your stories and uh, taking it all in. The Night Hunger poster that you saw before, that's actually a part of my collection. I'm working on some projects with Patrick, and one of the questions I had was if you would be willing to sign that poster and a few other posters that Patrick and I have for you, um, if you would be able, you know, if you'd be willing to sign those for us. Of course, yeah, sure, I would do that, definitely. And be in such distinguished company, yeah. <laughs> oh, there's um, there, there's a couple of posters that um, I don't know if he has access to show you uh, right away, but there's a couple of posters having to do with the AFAA that we've been working on, and we've been trying to get those signed up too. So those will be coming uh, with the Night Hunger. And I really do look forward to having you sign those particular posters because you were a part of that era being in the golden age of porn. There it is right there. Can you blow that a little bit, Patrick? A little bit. Yeah, just enough maybe where Veronica can see it a little oh, better. Yeah, I can see. Uh-huh. Oh, cool. And then we have a lot of our names. They're, they're, a lot of the autographs are up top, mm -hmm. some on the bottom. Some are kind of filling in the gaps. So you could see where, you know, this has been an ongoing project for quite some time. And I know Patrick mm -hmm. and I, we would love to be able to add your signature to these posters. Um, it would mean a lot considering your history uh, in the Golden Age. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Sure, I'll sign it. Be happy to. Yeah, I've thank never seen that poster before, but it sounds like it, it's a great one. I it love posters mostly, that have a lot of names on them like that. It, it hung in mostly adult uh, movie theaters to show that this theater was abiding by all the rules, the 18 and above and whatnot. So. Ah, okay. Well, good. good. And so I also have a poster um, somewhere in my archives and like scrolled up from, there was a, a porn conference in California. Richard, were you, I think you yes. were at that, right? Yes, yes. In yeah. And um, a lot of people signed that one, too. It was the International Conference on Pornography. Yeah. Wow. 
And that's in your personal collection, Veronica? Yes. Uh-huh. Okay. Please reference that to Patrick because one of us may be very interested in that poster. Hint, hint, twink, twink. <laughs> okay. 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 Don't, don't want to say who might be interested, but yeah, it could be me. Maybe. <laughs> so you sound like you have a big collection, Aaron. Yes, and I do like the multi-signed items. I, I really do. I, I appreciate those a lot because yeah. it was the collective that made all of that happen, especially back in the golden age where, yeah, I, I know it's West Coast, East Coast, but a lot of you were close friends. You all knew each other. You all had that rapport, and it's the predecessors that make the successors of even today even possible. So the films that you were in with the people that you were in made it possible for the later generation to be able to do what they do. And I always tell people in order to really appreciate adult entertainment, you have to watch the golden age of porn because if the golden age of porn did not happen with everything that all of you went through, none of this would exist today. Or if it did exist today, it wouldn't be the way it is. So I really appreciate all of you who put in that effort and actually were in films that were scripted. They had plots. They had the drama. They were funny. You know, even some like the mistakes or goofs that were caught on film, you know, from time to time. You were all in that. And I just, I just greatly appreciate all of you. And those posters are a collective of that. And those are personal collection. I consider them to be heirloom pieces. And so, yes, having your signature uh -huh. on those um, certainly absolutely mean a lot. And I really appreciate it. Oh, great. Good. Well, let's hope you're a millionaire, Aaron. Yeah. <laughs> not, not, not quite. But How I, do you I, feel I, about the golden age now? Where <laughs> I my money. Let's put it that way. Well, you know, there was something about like where the, the people that I, I always say that, you know, the people that I, I met and were involved in, early, you know, we were really kind of in it, not so much. I didn't think of us as in it for the money. It was really about changing things and idealism and a lot and, you know, growing out of the, you know, the 50s and then the 60s and, you know, and wanting to get rid of sexual ignorance and the, that era when nobody talked about sex. So there was there was more idealism involved. And, you know, and, and you know, the the people who made that I we liked being outlaws, but also outlaws with a purpose, you know, renegades with a purpose going against that kind of uh, silence. Uh, where people couldn't talk about, wouldn't talk about sex. Sure yeah. hey, I do want to pass along that Mark Murray says hi. He oh, good. Okay. But, uh, Mark certainly wanted to uh, pass along his well wishes. He's working on a, a little project with uh, Rudy Ray Moore. He's doing a um, Kickstarter. And if you give money to him, they're going to be able to put together a book. And I know they've got all sorts of freebies up the ladder if you give him money. And anyway, uh, Mark Murray sure would deserve it. And he was Part of the Dolomite is my name movie, um, which I saw. I really enjoyed that uh, one. It was a great movie. Uh, Eddie Murphy and those guys did a great job. Hey, let's check in before we go with. Uh, we got two more here with uh, Steve. Let's check in with Steve. He's got the, the Club Nighty behind him. Uh, good to see you again, Veronica. Um, thank you for giving your time tonight and joining us here. 
Um, I'd love to hear you talk more about Club 90, but also I'm, my, my, my memory could be foggy, but several years ago, I was at a mutual friend of ours Thanksgiving, and on the way back into the city, we stopped off at a, uh, um, a shelter that I think you um, are part of uh, in terms of like helping out like, uh, um, like LGBT uh, Q youths who need a place to stay that's, that have, you know, for whatever reason. And we brought uh, them like a whole bunch of clothes and everything else like that. And I don't think, and if I'm remembering correctly, you are a, a part of this, uh, um, um, I guess the board or whatever that's part of it. And if that's the case, could you speak more about that? Because it's one of the things I don't think it's um, mentioned enough on uh, some of the charitable acts that you uh, do? Uh, well, I would say, I mean, now my mainly I'm involved with uh, Judson Memorial Church, which is a very, um, right. uh, you know, they're involved in social justice and the arts. So they, they've always been supportive of sex workers' rights. Um, and I'm, you know, very involved with, with Judson. Um, and Judson has been very supportive of me, which is really great because, you know, it's nice. I always say it's nice to have a church at my back. You know, they, uh, they asked me to speak about sex. And so, but I think what you're talking about might be um, like on, in the West 40s, there's a church called, um, uh, it's a MCC, Metropolitan Community Church. And they had a, they had a shelter there for, um, for trans youth. And, um, yeah. and so I've, I've, given a few talks there um uh and that was that was a while ago when i first you know began be started my academy but part of the thing with my academy also is just to really encourage because the people who come here are pretty well healed you know they, they're paying tuition it's one person at a time who's taught by a bunch of different teachers so and the tuition is expense it's not inexpensive because it's a very you know one-on-one, -on -one, one, one person taught by several different um, experts. So, but the idea, you know, that I want, that I really always try to convey and get, you know, the people who come here involved in that is to help other parts of this community where, where people are more vulnerable and are more needy. And, and I'm really gratified to see, like now I, I, do um, Zoom a lot with um, a local cross-gender support group. And I see, you know, that yes, you know, they're more aware of the larger community um, and uh, that we're involved in and do um, support that larger community. And I am also, you know, there's another organization here that I've, uh, I just help a little bit. I mean, other people are working really, really much harder, but, you know, there's another uh, group called Glitz, which is run by a trans activist, uh, Kayan DeRocho, that helps uh, a lot of uh, trans youth, and a lot of trans youth have, have done sex work, you know, so, so that's another reason why, you know, decriminalization of, of sex work is a big advocacy for me, um, because I feel like it, it will free all of us, you know, really free all of us, but also will uh, help the people who really are using sex work for, to either free themselves to express their sexuality or just to survive, you know? So, so yeah, so that's where, uh, and, and I think, you know, I could do more, but um, 
I'm happy to do some and I'm happy to like kind of help put more awareness out there of, of the need uh, of the need for that. So, so thanks right. for asking about that. Yeah. 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 And it's, it's just today I was, um, I was on, you know, I was listening uh, on Sundays, Judson has a service. And the, so they were giving the history of Judson and there was a line that came up about gratitude. There was a lot of talk about gratitude and how, you know, how gratitude really helps, helps us to be um, generous, you know? Oh. So it really struck home for me. It's like, yeah, the more, generous I am with my talents, with, with my money, with, you know, my giving support to, to people in any way I can. Um, it's, it's nourishing to me as well. And I have a lot to be grateful for. So, so yeah, so thanks for asking that question. So, well, yeah. all right. Thanks a lot, Steve. You bet. Yeah. Well, I do want to wrap it up. I'm going to kind of surprise Lynn here, uh, Lynn LeMay is, uh, you know, Veronica pretty much was the uh, end of her career in about 87. Lynn, when did you start? And, and kind of pick up for us how, how Veronica may have helped you and, and your profession as an uh, uh, adult star and, and going forward. Well, I've learned a lot. I've just been sitting here listening, and I have learned a lot about Veronica Vera. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I started in April 3rd of 1988. We just missed each other. We just missed each other. And are are you in California, Lynn, or where are you? I'm not anymore. I'm in South Dakota. Oh, okay. I'm the only porn star here, I think. (laughs) (laughs) And Lynn also Lynn worked in Adventure Studios as well in the beginning. Ah. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. I was there for like 15 movies my first month. And South Dakota is all they need is just Lynn. That's right. <laughs> well, you know, one thing we didn't really get into Club 90, but since we're, we're talking to you now, Lynn, what really helped me in this business was the support of other women. It, that's really what kept me, like, really excited about being here, you know, having good, good friends. And so um, how about you? Have you, you know, did you make friends or did you have? It I was we had, difficult. You know, everybody was out for the same job, Mm. older, younger. So you were always a threat to each other. (laughs) But yeah, I did Adventure Studios. I loved Vince Benedetti, just loved him. He took me in his office one day and he opened a book and he goes, here is the name of all the New York companies. Go visit. Uh. (laughs) And that got me you know, started really well. 15 movies in my first month. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. girl. First year. And what, how many in your first year? 97. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I was a big wow. busy girl. <laughs> I sucked a good dick. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> well, Lynn, we sure appreciate you stopping by. It's always neat when kind of the next generation swings in to watch the other ones. And, and like I said, uh, you've learned, she, learned a lot. You know, she started what we continued. Everything she did was what we learned from. That's right. I sucked a good dick, too. <laughs> Damn, I missed it, Howie. <laughs> I know. 
All right, appreciate Dude, that. Patrick, I'd like to add something if I yeah, may. I was, was going to wrap up with you, Richard, because you were kind of here to be a fan, and, and uh, I kind of want to get your impressions. Well, I'll be succinct. I think it's important to say that when porn started out, when I got involved with it, it was a men's club. The sexuality of women and what women portrayed in porn had nothing to do with real life. We gave them parts to play that were men's fantasies of what we wanted women to be like. So when we squirt our cum in their face, they have an orgasm. It was horseshit. Um, and anybody with a sense of give and take between the sexes and equality was grossed out by what porn was putting on the screen as real. And out of New York, there came some people of which Veronica, Veronica Vera was one and Annie Sprinkle and Candida Royale and Gloria Leonard who managed to overcome what Lynn mentioned about the comp competitive nature uh, of having to fight each other for work. And they were the first women who insisted on being real women and going, ooh, <laughs> I don't want to do that. Or, oh, I'd like to try this. Stuff that the boys club was not recognizing. Um, and they weren't getting, they were losing work with, with those kind of people. And they didn't want to work for those kind of people anyway. And they started their own universe of opportunity. And it became something that had a butterfly rippling effect. And we're still feeling it to this day, especially with the fact that the means of production has changed so that it doesn't cost a billion dollars to make a movie anymore. Uh, and feminist kind of movies can really be made cheaply and compete on the market for the dollars out there. Um, Veronica, you were a part of that. That's huge. I think that you deserve to be on the Mount Rushmore of women <laughs> that actually stood up for the right to be real women instead of toys for men to abuse and use and throw away. So I applaud you. I'm glad I met you. And mwah. Uh, thank you, Richard. Thank you. Yeah. And Club 90, um, we didn't really get into it so much, but yes, Club 90 supported us through Club 90s. We, we dated from 1983. And uh, until 2014, there were five of us. Gloria died in 2014. So it began in 83 um, uh, with me and Annie and Candida, Gloria and Jane, Veronica Hart. Kelly Nichols and Sue Nero were in it uh, in the very beginning, but they were still very active in the business. So they kind of left because um, we wanted to, we were just really examining the role how sex on camera had in our lives and so the five of us continued we supported each other i remember when candace candida came and said you know i'm thinking of this idea of doing movies from a woman's point of view as i said gloria sent me you know suggested i go to dc annie club 90 started because annie was having a crisis you know like she didn't want to be in porn she was with this kind of icky guy <laughs> so, who was down on porn so she was having a crisis. That's what called us together. The whole thing, our getting together with a whole bunch of women from the business. And I think, Kathy, you were probably at Jane's um, uh, shower for her baby shower. Um, that was really when we all got together initially, a bigger group. And then Club 90 started from there. So for uh, until 2014, five of us supported each other in, in person, online. We got together whenever we could. Then And then... Candace died in 2015. So now me, Annie, and Jane are still together. 
doing Club 90. We just Zoomed the other day. So um, yeah, supporting each other in our different projects and lives and deaths and weddings and funerals and everything else. Um, and it's, it's, it's an incredible, incredible experience. And I bless those women. Um, you know, they're, I love them. I love them. Okay. Well, I appreciate you stopping by. And like I said, any next week we do have Annie on and anyway, next, every, any Sunday you want to stop by, we're always here and same bat time, same bat channel. You can always go to our website, jizztalking.com and all the show replays are there too with all the links. So anyway, Veronica, we certainly appreciate your time with us today and uh, thanks for stopping by. My pleasure. Thank you all for being here. It was lovely to share these stories with you.